The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. But first, we start with the cholera outbreak, which has claimed yet another life. The first case in Mpumalanga that's been reported. This is the the first fatality to be reported in the province. A 73-year-old woman died on Tuesday at the Mametlake Hospital. And that means that the death toll is now at 25. We have been uh, following a briefing for the last hour or so from the Minister of Water and Sanitation, Senzom and the city of Twane Mayor Salias Brink as well. They've been speaking about cooperation. So good to see them again several times now, holding these briefings together, meeting together to try and find a solution. That for me is so encouraging. And then, of course, Fakira Mbalula, the ANC Secretary General, also in Haman's Kral today. Uh, well, let's have a listen to Salias Brink speaking about the Roy Val project because that is a key focus now. It's going to cost four billion rand to fix Royval. Let's have a listen to what he's been saying. There was also mismanagement at Royval, which has to be faced. If we don't face that, and if we don't change that, we'll simply repeat the mistakes of the past. There were also various instances of tender irregularities, which had the effect of making what now needs to be done more complicated and more expensive. But that's the past. We must now take responsibility for a better future. What we will be announcing today is, in essence, a partnership to get the money and the expertise to upgrade Royva and to do so in a way that avoids the delays, the irregularities, the wastage of the past. We do so, again, in partnership also with the Development Bank of Southern Africa, and I'll leave the details to the Director General and the City Manager to expound here. But Tswane is contributing 450 million. Our budget was approved yesterday with 155 votes. That allocation will stretch over the next three financial years. It's not enough to upgrade Royval. We need external funding, and that's where this partnership is crucial. At the same time, as the work commences, and again the details will be disclosed in a moment's time, we have to take temporary measures to relieve the situation because there are thousands of households presently relying on water tankers as a semi-permanent source of potable water. That's the Twani Mayor, Salias Brink. Tabiso Goba, EWN reporter, in that briefing for us. Tabiso, good afternoon to you. Royval, a, a key feature of this briefing today by the Twani Mayor and the Water Affairs Minister. Tell us what else was said. Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, you know, Mandy, um, today's briefing was basically a follow-up uh, from last week. Um, so, you know, while last week's briefing was very vague, um, we did manage to get sort of like... Um, a number of timelines and dates um, around this issue of Hamanskal and the Royal plant. So um, we do know that um, they've said that uh, people in Hamanskal can expect clean drinking tap water, Mandy, uh, by March next year. So they will be um, introducing some sort of um, technology at the Mahalis, uh, at the Mahalis and the Temba uh, plant, which will clean the water. So that is expected to be done by March next year. 
But in terms of the Hammond Skrull, uh, in terms of the Royva Wastewater Treatment Plant, Mandy, as you said, um, it will cost about 4 billion rand. Um, so there will be a three-year uh, project. So um, it will be done in three phases. But the final stage um, is expected to be completed around June 2026. Um, so that, that's obviously in three years. But in the meantime, so between now and March, when the timber plant is... Um, is, is uh, installed with a new technology. Um, the city is going to ob- obviously providing the, the residents of Hammond's Kral with, uh, with the water from the water tankers. But many, I think, um, you know, as you said uh, when you intro the show, is that this has been a, a serious show of, um, of political uh, partnership. We do know that Mayor Celia Brink is, um, is a DA councillor and that uh, Sensum Kunu is, uh, is an ANC councillor. So, you know, this has been a, a very serious uh, uh, political partnership. Yesterday in the Tswane Council, um, the ANC voted for the budget, you know, along with the DA and its coalition partners. And this is something Sandom Kuhn spoke about, saying that, you know, with, with the fraction and the national election going into next year, political partnerships, you know, uh, are very important. And this is what he had to say. We welcome this uh, uh, new development and this spirit. It is, a, it is the kind of spirit that uh, even the United Nations is calling for, that we need cooperation in water, in, in both management of water resources and in management of water services. We must agree that water would run across borders, sometimes through borders of three, four countries. And that alone means that water is able to bring people together and they should welcome that. And water as water is more of a service to the people in the world, and in this instance to the people in Tswane and people in South Africa, more than a political matter. Thank you to Tabisa Goba for bringing us uh, that report uh, from that briefing. And, and I have to, again, commend the minister and the mayor for working together. We've been so critical uh, of government, how they have failed to deal with this Royval issue. There was corruption, there was maladministration, it was mismanaged. And now finally, I know it's late, but finally we are seeing cooperation between the DA mayor in Silias Brink and the ANC's minister in Senzo Mtkuno trying to find a solution. Now also in Hamas today is the ANC Secretary General Fakile Mbalula. He's uh, been going to have a look at what's, what is happening there. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter in Hamant's Kral for us. Alpha, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. This visit is part of an outreach program following the cholera outbreak. Uh, has he been to visit families of, of the victims and, and what has Fakile Mbalula seen and said? Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, uh, the Secretary General of the ANC was actually supposed to be here at 11 o'clock and it would be a visit to uh, the families of those who've been affected or who've lost some of their family members to this recent cholera outbreak. However, uh, Sikinam Balula has not yet arrived. So as soon as he arrives, uh, he is expected to visit some of the families here. We do know, Mandy, that so far, at least 23 people in Hamanskara alone have died uh, from uh, the cholera outbreak. So it seems like there are indeed a lot of families that he will right. need to talk to. But from my own conversations with some of the family members, Mandy, when I was first in Hamanskara last week, they are, you know, pleading for assistance and maybe uh, they are hoping that uh, Sigil and Balula uh, might actually 
you know, have some sort of a, a solution for them, uh, you know, because they've lost breadwinners, some of them, uh, they've lost uh, crucial uh, members of their family. Mm. And Alpha, what kind of reception can Fikile Mbulula expect as he, he arrives there representing the ANC? What kind of reception is he likely to get? Well, Mandy, I can tell you that at the moment uh, I am seeing uh, ANC local councillors. I am seeing the Tuane uh, Secretary George Matila and community members are also beginning to together here at the Hamasgal Community Centre. So it does seem like uh, there are a lot of people who are going to be here uh, expecting him to, you know, speak uh, and be on their side, actually. Uh, So there are quite a few community Mm. members that are here and more expected to come uh, in the next few uh, moments. Alpha, thank you. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter. Always interesting to see the reaction of the community. Remember uh, that Mayor Sadia's Brink was chased away from the Jubilee Hospital uh, when he went to to visit the hospital by residents. And... uh, uh, he, of course, is the current mayor. The ANC was in power in uh, in Tswane previously. So it's going to be interesting to see how Fakile Mbulula is received. He hasn't arrived yet. He was supposed to arrive at 11. As I mentioned earlier, we do have the first case coming out from Mpumalanga, the first fatality to be reported in that province. Foster Mohale is the Department of Health spokesperson. Foster, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. What do we know about this case in Mpumalanga? <laughs> Good afternoon to you, Mandy, and good afternoon to your listeners, and thanks for this opportunity. As the National Department of Health, we'd like to confirm the first case of cholera detected in Pumalanga province, and the patient has unfortunately passed away. The patient was admitted at the Mamitlake Hospital, which is uh, close to Hamas Kral. So for now, we, have not yet, uh, we cannot confirm if this uh, direct link between that case and the cases in Hamakral, but that proximity suggests uh, otherwise. Okay, the, uh, that obviously is, is the first question, Foster, is geographically, how far away is this, and do you believe it to be linked? That's a close, yeah, I think, uh, Mamitlake is just uh, at the border between Houten and Pumalanga, especially around the uh, Hamakral area. So, uh, and so I say we cannot rule out the possibility, so we are still trying to get much information about the travel history of the patient so that it can be able to try to create a link between uh, that case and the cases in Hamakral in Houting. Uh, do you think that this is an opportunity to actually uh, assist in being able to find the source of the cholera because that remains a mystery? No, definitely uh, the issue of, I mean, the issue of uh, trying to find the, uh, uh, the source of uh, this uh, cholera is uh, the process underway, both water testing and also food testing. So the Department of Water and Sanitation is proceeding with the water testing uh, uh, exercises. Also from the Department of Health through our environmental health practitioners, we are also uh, visiting all these areas to test uh, the food in order to see how, how do they handle the food in order to see if there's any possibility of a contamination. And then, Foster, uh, just remind us, what is the total number of cases that we're currently seeing? And are we starting to see a, a decline in new cases, or is that not the, the, the case? So by, by, by yesterday, as the minister was uh, briefing the media, uh, look, uh, we were very convinced that uh, we are seeing the decline of uh, the rate of infection uh, and also mortality rate because for the past seven days, we have not uh, detected any, uh, I mean, we have not reported any death toll linked to cholera. Also, the number of uh, cases that were recorded in the past seven days were very low, but now with this new case uh, in Pumalanga. So we are going to intensify our efforts in order to ensure that uh, we raise awareness uh, about uh, the preventative methods on how people... Mm. 
can protect themselves against uh, this uh, bacteria. Foster, thank you very much. Foster Mohale, the Department of Health spokesperson there, uh, giving us the details about this first case, the first fatality in Mpumalanga. I think important to note that geographically, um, that location quite close to Haman's Kral. Um, so remember, there was also an outbreak in the Free State. We have seen a death in the Free State as well. It looks like that's not connected to the Haman's Kral outbreak. Uh, but still, the source of this outbreak remains a mystery. The Midday Report. Such a breath of fresh air this new mayor, Silias Brink. That's all we need. No more lies, just the will to deal with the problem and to get the system to work again. Whatever system it is, if it's a broken bus, just fix it and get that bus to run again. I, will, I definitely know where I will be making my mark with the next elections coming. Thanks, Mandy. Natasha. Thank you, Natasha. Sure, there's going to be people that will argue that uh, that the DA has been in charge of Twani for, for several years now, and they haven't dealt with this issue of Royval. Um, and we know that historically there was this tender that was awarded to Edwin Sodi, and there was corruption that was involved there. Uh, the uh, minister saying that they actually the president in his newsletter yesterday saying that there were several directives to the municipality in Twani to deal with Royval, and they weren't acted upon. Um, but I do think it's encouraging, as I've said already, to see Celia's Brunk and Senzo Mtkunu. I think that Senzo Mtkunu has been fabulous in, uh, in, in, in his position as Water Affairs Minister in getting some movement here. In fact, a very interesting opinion piece by Dr. Anthony Turton published in News24 and the Daily Maverick yesterday about how Senzo Mtkunu has really had to clean up the mess left by his predecessor as well. So I think that we have to commend the minister and the mayor for working together here. On 702 and Cape Talk, this is the Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking. Specialists who enable your business growth aspirations. So the former ANC Secretary General, Ace Makashule, has been found guilty of misconduct for failing to apologize to the ANC for attempting to unilaterally suspend its president. Remember when he tried to suspend Sora Ramaphosa in 2021? So Makashule was suspended from the ANC also in 2021, and then he was forced to step aside in line with uh, the ANC's step aside rule. So his successor, Fakile Mbalula, has uh, said that Makashule now has seven days to make presentations or representations as to why he should not be expelled from the party. Tiri Madia, EWN's Associate Politics Editor, joining us now. What has the reaction been to this announcement from Fakile Mbalula. Good afternoon, Mandy. I'll speak on the part of Ace Makashule himself. I mean, Ace Makashule, it's expected. Let me first also say that I'm not surprised by the outcome. Neither was Ace Makashule or some of his allies. I've spoken to some of his allies who said to me, he's been expecting this. In fact, it's dragged on for far too long. And the next chapter, really, in the dynamic between the ANC and Ace Makashule will finally unfold now that this has finally come to the fore. I spoke to him last night, Mandy, and this is what he had to say. Oh, I just want your quick reaction to the ANC finding he's guilty of misconduct, wanting to expel you, that's the recommendation, and giving you a week to try and make representations. Well, Sidi, I think I will respond. Uh, uh, give me that space to respond. But I just want to tell you, I am uh, very well, strong, uh, jumping like a tennis ball, uh, floating like 
a butterfly running like a cheetah, and I'm ready. Uh, so I will respond. You're not worried that they recommended he should be expelled? I will, I will, I will respond to you. The fact that you yeah. say you're ready, does that suggest that you understand that there's a battle that still lies ahead and you're ready for that fight? I'm, 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 as they said, I must respond in seven days. I also hear it from the media. So I will respond. They didn't tell you. I, I, I haven't received anything. You heard it today from today. I will, I just get it from the media. And uh, that's because I still represent me. He does that. I did not give him trash instructions. So we will respond. Well, that's the NC I mean, yesterday. Yeah, that's the NC of today. But let me respond to the ANC of today. City, that is classic Ace Makushula. He's still bouncing like a tennis ball. He's floating like a butterfly. He's running like a cheetah. A lot of rhetoric always from Ace Makushula. But did he give you any indication about how he's actually going to fight for his place in the party? You know what, Mandy? I suspect he's not going to fight for his place in the party. I think Ace Makushula knows and understands full on that his time with the ANC is up. I think he's preparing to fight the ANC, not to fight to remain in the party. And he said something along the lines of, I think, just before I actually hung up on this call that I got from him, he said, um, you'll finally see all the work that I've been doing after the seven days. Mm-hmm. And rumor on the ground is that this is a man who's been working towards figuring out where he belongs. So those old conversations, Mandy, around, is the ATM a product of Mahashul and Zuma? Is Areta something that we should be worried about? Areta, of course, being um what Kalnihaus has now started. And I think what we'll see is that picture clarifying a little bit more as to what all these little things mean mm. and why maybe you couldn't stay in ATM. I actually also uh, take shape now. I think we'll start seeing that picture more, more, more clearer now that this path from the 2017 AC conference has actually led them to becoming opponents of the ANC ahead of the elections next year. I think that's the picture that we're going to end up with. Tidi, I'm curious to know, uh, what kind of support does Ace Makashule still enjoy? So if he were to join uh, Carl Niehaus or if he were to join uh, the ATM, what kind of support does he actually bring with him? I think he doesn't have the kind of numbers that he would have had when he was first suspended. I think the NC has almost played it really well because time and space makes you relevant in the body politics of any party, I suppose. So here's somebody who, and you must always go back to Nazareth last year, Mandy, where it didn't really matter that he wasn't in the room. He would have liked to believe that his absence would have led to a fight for him to be allowed to come back at the conference. They couldn't even master that kind of fight on his behalf. So, I don't think that this is a man who walks away and it has a massive dent on the ANC at this point in time. It'll be nothing like when the Malemas left uh, with the Youth League where a whole entire structure falls apart. I don't think so. I think it's almost inconsequential. But it is an attempt, I think, by the likes of the ATMs being in talks where you hear rumors about talks with the UDM, rumors about trying to knock on the EFF's door. It is an attempt to almost build a so-called moonshot pact of the so-called left. Uh, Mandy, that might be an interesting offering to voters. But is it one that has credibility? I'm not sure if the leadership Mm. of that offering is tainted in the way some of these people are. And I think 
it might be an indictment as well on the AC, mind you, that Isma Khashoggi is out the door in essence for misconduct because of party issues, not because of how he's carried himself when mm-hmm. he was in public office. The ANC does remain that organization that seems to protect those who do wrong against the servants, which are the public. Yeah. So it becomes an issue where even what you put up versus what's available is um, generally underwhelming, I think, for voters. Tiddy, thank you very much, as always. Tiddy Madia, the Associate Politics Editor at EWN, unpacking that story, Ace Makashule, the former ANC Secretary General, being found guilty of misconduct. He has seven days to argue why he should not be expelled from the party. The Midday Report. Hi, Mindy. <laughs> I'm laughing at this previous voice. You know, this lady says, you know, she's going to vote for for the DA because of what the new mayor is doing. Lady, guess what? The DA has been in power in Swanen for years. They are the cause of the problem. So now that there are deaths and now people are talking about it, you want to vote for the DA because of cholera when they messed up Swanen. Eh? Financial irrealities found by the Auditor General. Come on, lady, please, man, please. Thank you very much. Uh, this is exactly the point that I made after that voice note, is that there are definitely people that believe that the DA is responsible uh, for not moving on Royval, for not moving on uh, various service delivery issues. I think the point there is that Celia's Brunk obviously is new to the job. The DA is not new to the job. Randall Williams was there before. Um, we know that there were issues around that. Uh, so I understand her point when it comes to the fact that she's saying now that this new mayor makes her want to vote for, for the DA. But I think that there will absolutely be people that disagree with that view as well. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener on 702 at Cape Talk. Brought to you by NetBank Commercial Banking. See money differently. All morning today, Dr. Nandipa Magudamana has uh, brought her case today. Her lawyer, advocate Anton Katz SC, arguing in the Bloemfontein Magistrate's Court in order to have her arrest declared illegal. Remember, she was arrested alongside Tabo Besta in Kenya in April. She is facing 12 charges linked to Besta's escape from the Mangong Correctional Facility. So her argument, or, or the argument uh, put forward today by advocate Anton Katz, is in fact that this uh, was not a deportation, but rather it was an extradition. Have a listen to what Advocate Katz has been saying. It tells you, the court tells the world, deportation is essentially a unilateral act of the deporting state in order to get rid of an undesired desired alien. The purpose of deportation is achieved when such alien leaves the deporting state's territory. Importantly, my lord, the destination of the deportees is relevant for the purpose of deportation. The facts here demonstrate clearly on any version this was extradition. That's it. That's our case. I could actually sit down now, but I'll need to drill down to the facts. <laughs> Let me just add to the... So that's, that's our case. Nobody can get away from what happened here. The police and an eight-member team who, in their words, deliberated with the Tanzanian officials as to the way forward. That was on the 10th of April. On the 12th of April, perhaps I should just turn to the words right now. On the, what happened on the 12th of April, and I'll turn to two paragraphs in the, on the papers, 
Mr. Matthews tells the court in on page 172, paragraph 28, Mr. Matthews says the following words. I am, a, Mr. Matthews, your lordship will recall, is the Chief Director Inspector Immigration Services in the Department of Home Affairs. He says, I'm advised that a matter of, as a matter of international law, an agreement was reached between the Tanzanian authorities and the South African High Commission regarding the deportation in, in accordance with international protocols. He tells the court an agreement was reached. And then, to just nail that down, Ms. Mayor Teresa Moran, her affidavit is found at 2-0. Advocate Anton Katz, SC, arguing there, saying that effectively this was an extradition. It was not a deportation. Advocate Neil Snellenberg for the police uh, is currently responding to that. Oren Singh, EWN reporter, following proceedings today. Oren, good afternoon to you. Uh, we heard there from Advocate Anton Katz very uh, succinctly saying that really this is about the fact that it was an extradition, not a deportation. Good afternoon, Mandy. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's quite a, a strong point that Advocate, uh, Advocate Katz is basing his argument on there. And just to just to keep in mind, Advocate Katz is quite a renowned international law advocate. Um, last year, he was roped in by the state to assist with the Gupta's extradition case from the UAE. So he's quite, quite well renowned uh, in terms of international law. But he's basing his argument, Mandy, on a 2001 landmark Concord ruling. And in this ruling, the Concord made it quite clear the difference between deportation and extradition. You know, uh, going on to say that deportation, like Advocate Katz said, is usually a unilateral act, while extradition is consensual. So, uh, according to Advocate Katz, everything that was done in terms of bringing uh, Dr. Nandipo Magadumana, as well as Tabo Besta, back to South Africa was in, in essence, a disguised extradition and not a mm. deportation. He argued, why did Home Affairs officials, as well as SAPS officials, have to go over to Tanzania to, uh, to, to facilitate you know, the deportation? Because it had nothing to do with South Africa. It had everything to do with Tanzania, should she have been deported. But his argument is that because South Africa was involved in Tanzania, there was some sort of consensual agreement between the Tanzanian government and South African government, and therefore right. it qualifies as an extradition. Advocate Snellenberg has been arguing for the police in response. What's he been saying? Well, he, he, he just came on sh- uh, shortly after uh, a brief adjournment, and um, I expect that uh, he would be responding in terms of, you know, the arguments that Katz made in, in reference to police. And why did such a, a large contingent of police have to go over? We heard mm. in the answering affidavit of police that uh, at least eight members, which include members of the special task uh, force, were sent over to Tanzania to basically assist with the deportation. And I would expect that he would be arguing in, 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 in defense of police as to why they went over. But it's quite interesting as how it's playing out in court at the moment, Mandy. Uh, um, right. uh, Aaron, thank you very much. Aaron Singh, EWN reporter. Well, let's listen in there to Advocate Snellenberg on behalf of the police. The rest. Well, that's been a motion. The second uh, order is securing the applicants of prevention, arrest, and abduction in Tanzania on or about 7 April. Which is wrong. 
and subsequent transportation to the Republic of South Africa and purported the recent detention to be declared wrongful and lawful. Then it goes on and says, declaring the arraignment before the fourth respondent under the case, Blueprint Bank Coast Limited Claims Capital A, 1122, and nullity, and setting aside of proceedings, and setting aside all warrants and orders, and declaring the applicant entitled to be discharged from detention, and immediate arrangement uh, before the court immediately discharged. Now, with regards to that, Declaration of invalidity, if that should be made. We respectfully submit that the court should take into consideration the following. Here Brian was pre-constitutional. Here Brian followed on appeal after the person was arraigned and tried in the court. So he was already convicted and the court then found there was no jurisdiction to do so. Advocate Snellenberg arguing, uh, Neil Snellenberg arguing on behalf of the police there, saying there was nothing untoward about the police going to Tanzania, responding to Advocate Anton Katz. The Midday Report. The driver of a bucky that overturned in Mitchell's Plain on Tuesday morning, appearing in the Mitchell's Plain Magistrate's Court today, five school children killed in that accident. And Tutuzelo Nene, EWN reporting court for us. And Tutuzelo, good afternoon. A very emotionally charged court appearance today, obviously, as you can expect with the families of the five being in court. Good afternoon, Mandy. The courtroom was packed with family members of the deceased, the accused, and community members of Kailicha and Spain. As 56-year-old Nene Kayambuli made his first court appearance today, he's allegedly the driver of the party that was involved in a tragic accident in Mitchell's Plain on Tuesday morning. Five school children died in this accident, and two others were injured and rushed to hospital. It's understood that one of the children is still in ICU. Mvuli is charged with five counts of culpable homicide and one count of reckless driving. The matter has been postponed to next week Monday for bail application. Western Cape NPA spokesperson Eric Ndabazalila says they will oppose him. The accused is Mr. Mnini Mvuli. He's 56 years old. He appeared this morning at the Mitchell's Plain Magistrates Court. He's facing five counts of capable homicide and a count of irreckless, uh, reckless driving. Uh, the case has been postponed to the 5th of uh, June, that is next Monday, uh, for a date for his bail application. He has indicated that he will apply for bail and as the state will oppose bail. And Tutuzelo, what have some of the family members been saying outside court? Um, this morning, we only managed to speak to the family of the accused uh, because the family was the deceased when still being kept inside and being briefed by the lawyer. Um, and they indicated that they don't want to speak at this moment to the media. Mm. But when we spoke to the uh, niece of the deceased, I mean, the accused outside court, um, she said that, you know, they want to apologize to all the families of the deceased and that, you know, they should not mm. be charged by this. Uh, this was a tragic accident yeah. and they also lost a child in this. Apparently the driver also lost um, his child in sure. the accident as well. So it's, it has been a very emotionally charged, as you mm. put it, um, in a day in court uh, today as uh, many times will make his first court appearance. Ndudu thank you very much. Ndudu Nene, EWN reporter in court in Cape Town.
The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.